You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. back to the Varmints Podcast. Every week we do a bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet one animal at a time. Paul is on vacation, so I, Donna, am going to be doing the show today and stepping in for Paul is a host from the other podcast I do and her name is Miss Laura Gregg from the Soapy Madams Podcast. Hey, Laura. Hi. Hey, I'm glad to How be you doing? here. Excellent. 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 Well, we'll get to the show really quick, but we've got a short announcement first. Paul and I are coming up on our 100th episode, and that is crazy. So we're going to do something really special. First of all, we have a contest for you, the listener, the cell phone photo backyard wildlife contest. So take a picture of some wildlife in your backyard, at a zoo, at your nature preserve, with your cell phone, and send it to us. The first prize is going to get a Varmint's prize pack, including an original signed piece of artwork of your favorite Varmint by Blazing Caribou Studios podcaster and artist Phil Rude, which is amazing. That's like a (laughs) super cool prize. And there's more on top of that in the pack. Second and third place prizes are also going to get a lot of cool stuff. We have some very specific rules about this. So go to blazingcariboustudios.com slash contest, or if you're a member of the Varmints Discussion Group on Facebook, we'll post the rules there as well. And we'll announce the winners of that contest on our 100th episode where we'll be talking about emus. And we'll also be joined by Corbin Maxey. Corbin Maxey is a nationally recognized animal nut biologist and television personality. He's been on some shows you might have heard of, including the Today Show, Late Night with Seth Meyers, Inside Edition, and the Martha Stewart Show. We're really looking forward to episode 100, and we hope you are too. So let's get on with the learning about animals bit of our show. I am Donna, and I am not an animal expert. I'm Laura from the Soapy Madams podcast, and I am also not an animal expert. Today we are talking about llamas and alpacas. Yes, we are indeed, but first, the news. Did you know that there is a job where you can work with a bunch of alpacas? And it is in Turks and Caicos. That sounds amazing. (laughs) There's a company called Alpacarly Ever After, an alpaca hiking experience in the lakes area of the Turks and Caicos Islands in the Caribbean. And they are looking for new staff. So where do you apply? (laughs) We're going to put the article on our show notes so that you can click the link and go apply for that job if you want. The alpaca walks around the place at the stunning Lingham Estate and surrounding areas with many options available to suit your party sizes. For 
large group bookings. They say you can hike through some glorious views whilst bonding with your newly acquainted <laughs> friend. And it's got what? some pictures of a, people hanging out with alpacas. Sounds like the best time. <laughs> the company says they're looking for hardworking, enthusiastic humans to work with the herd. Previous experience working with animals is essential, as well as an interest in the outdoors. And it doesn't say exactly what your role is going to be, but we're pretty sure that you're going to take part in the hiking around with the alpacas in the lakes. So that sounds like a pretty sweet deal. That sounds like a pretty nice job. Sure. I'm going to go hang out with the Let's alpacas for money. He's super fun. Yeah, I think so. All right, just a reminder to go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at at varmintspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. I also run a Pinterest board for every animal that we talk about on our show. If you go over there and put varmints into your search engine, you'll find us. And if you put varmints into the search engine at tpublic.com, you'll find all of our wonderful show merchandise featuring our logo by Imran Javed. So please go and check it out. If you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We're everywhere podcasts are found and word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow. Indeed. Now let's go learn about some llamas and alpacas. Hey, let's go get educated on some animals. I know you want to. <laughs> The llama, Lama Glama, which is their scientific name, and the alpaca, Vicuna pacos, are domesticated South American critters widely used as meat and pack animals in Andean cultures since the pre-Columbian era. A male llama, who is kept for making baby llamas, is called a stud or a sire. He can also be called a herd sire. Mama llamas are called dams and babies are called cria. Oh, they're they're so llamas and alpacas are social herd animals. The wool produced by llamas is very soft and lanolin-free, and the alpaca wool is even softer. Both species are very intelligent, and they can learn simple tasks after a few repetitions. When they are carrying a pack, a llama at least can carry about 25 to 30% of its body weight. Wow for 8 to 13 kilometers. That's 5 to 8 miles. So they are really good pack animals. The name llama, in the past it was also spelled L-A-M-A or G-L-A-M-A, was adopted by European settlers from the native Peruvians. Mm. And it comes from their language, but I don't know (laughs) what it actually means. I don't know if it means like animal with a big long neck that carries (laughs) stuff, you know? They're just called llamas. Llamas and alpacas. They appear to have originated on the central plains of North America about 40 million years ago. They migrated to South America about 3 million years ago during the Great American Interchange. And by the end of the last Ice Age, which was 10,000 to 12,000 years ago, camelids were extinct in North America. 
As of 2007, there were over 7 million llamas and alpacas in South America, and due to importation from South America in the late 20th century, there are now over 158,000 llamas and 100,000 alpacas in the United States and Canada. Lamoids, as they are better known, llamas, consist of vicuna, guanaco, suri alpaca, uh, huacaya alpaca, and the domestic llama. Guanacos and vicunas live in the wild, while alpacas and llamas are all domestic animals. Yeah. I think we mentioned before they are all in the camel family. The llama and the alpaca are only known in their domestic state, and they are variable in size and of many colors, often being white, brown, or piebald. Some of them are gray or black. The guanaco and the vicuna are wild, and the former is endangered and of a nearly uniform light brown color passing into white. They differ from each other, the vicuna being smaller and more slender in its proportions, and the vicuna lives in herds on the bleak and elevated parts of the mountain range bordering the region of perpetual snow and rocks and precipices occurring in various suitable locations throughout Peru and in the southern part of Ecuador and as far south as the middle of Bolivia. Its manners resemble those of the chamois of the European Alps. It is as vigilant, wild, and timid as those animals. And their fiber is very delicate and soft and highly valued for the purposes of weaving. Mm. But the quantity that each animal produces is minimal. Alpacas are descended from wild vicuna ancestors and domesticated llamas are descended from wild guanaco ancestors, though a considerable amount of hybridization between the two species has occurred. Mm. So in general, here's how you can tell the difference between llamas and alpacas. One, their ears. Alpaca ears have short spear-shaped ears, while llamas have much longer banana-shaped ears. Alpacas generally weigh in at about 150 pounds, that's about 68 kilograms, while llamas can be as heavy as 450 pounds, that's wow. 200 kilograms. At the shoulder, an average alpaca stands at about 36 inches, that's about 91 centimeters, or almost a meter, while a llama generally ranges between 42 and 46 inches, that's right about a meter and just over a meter. Mm. Look at their faces. Llamas have a longer face, and alpaca's face is a bit more blunt, giving it a smushed-in look. And you'll completely see this <laughs> when we do our pictures on Pinterest. Llamas have big old long faces, and yeah, alpacas have little stubby, squishy faces. So for more than 5,000 years, alpacas have been bred for fiber and in Peru for meat as well, while llamas have been bred for the same amount of time as pack animals and meat. Llamas generally don't have as much hair on their head and face as alpacas, which you can also notice because they're just, alpacas are just those so fuzzy, I'm going to die, little animals. They're so cute. They're the best. So in their disposition, alpacas and llamas are both herd animals, but llamas are a lot more independent-minded, as we'll talk about later when Laura talks about her fact mm -hmm. later on in the show. Alpacas tend to be a little bit more skittish than llamas, and they tend to yeah. be a little bit more friendly with people in general. So, <laughs> the more you know. All right. Did you know that alpacas are not ruminants? Mm. They do um, have that kind of digestive system where they have to 
yeah. chew their food over and over and over again, but they only have three compartments mm -hmm. in their stomach Not instead four. of four. Yes. So their three stomachs are made up of three compartments rather than the true ruminants four. That's sheep, goats, cattle, and deer mm -hmm. are the true ruminants. The llama and the alpaca have stomachs that they just label C1, C2, and C3. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is the largest and it makes up roughly 80% of the stomach's total volume. And it doesn't secrete any digestive enzymes. It's mm. just a fermentation place for friendly microorganisms to convert cellulose into digestible nutrients. Nice. The newly eaten feed goes in with saliva and comes into the C1 by way of the esophagus and then the fermentation begins. Mm. And then the coarser bits of feed are periodically regurgitated, rechewed, and re-swallowed nice. in a process that's known as rumination, even though they're not true ruminants. Um, but that's also called chewing their cut. Mm. So they chew it a little more and they reduce the particle size, and they send it back on down. The material stays in the C1 stomach for roughly 60 hours, where it's constantly mixed by spontaneous contractions of the forestomach. Mm -hmm. Then it goes into stomach number two, C2, where they have some nutritional absorption occurring finally. And then it goes on into compartment C3, which is a tubular organ, and it holds 11% of the forestomach volume. Mm. So the last one-fifth of this tube contains true gastric glands. And that's why C3 is sometimes called the true stomach. Mm. Stressed out alpacas frequently develop ulcers in their true mm. stomach, the C3. Oh, poor baby. So then more digestion occurs in the small intestine and the material presses into the cecum and then the spiral colon, and that's where vitamins, minerals, and water are absorbed mm. into the body, and fecal pellets are formed of the remaining waste, and eventually they poop them out. Oops. Yeah, oh. and then the babies, only one true stomach is fully functional. In newborn creas, the only stomach that's fully functional is the true stomach, and However, as it suckles its dam and it begins nibbling plants, it ingests the microbes that it needs to kickstart the C1 function. Oh. So they kind of kickstart that after birth. Oh. And by the time they're eight weeks old, the alpaca's C1 reaches the adult size, and by 12 weeks, it's functioning just like a grown-up alpaca. Oh, that's cool. And therefore, if the cria is no longer able to nurse from the mother, it will survive. That's pretty cool. Oh, huh? That is really cool. So camelids, and in particular llamas and alpacas, are more efficient rough pasture feeders than cattle, sheep, and even goats. And they only consume 20 to 40 percent of the feed um, that the other animals do on the same diet. They're efficient. Yep. And it's primarily because they produce more saliva mm -hmm. in relation to the foregut volume than sheep and goats do. And the pH of their C1 stomach is close to neutral, which favors cellulose-friendly microbes and enhances fiber digestion. So digestive matter remains in the second stomach longer in that, in that animal, mm -hmm. and it allows the microbes to process more fiber. Blood nitrogen is extracted from the kidneys and used more efficiently in llamas and alpacas, and the liquid passes more rapidly through their camelid gut. So that's why they are more efficient. Cool. Yeah, they've got really neat little digestive yeah. systems. Let's talk about 
blood cells. Let's talk about, yes, I'm going to tell you about how llamas and alpacas have adapted their blood cells to high altitude environments where they would normally live. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, the llama has developed a large lung capacity, which means it can take in a larger amount of oxygen into the body. As the oxygen is often as low as 40% at the high altitudes that the llamas and alpacas live, the developed respiratory system lets llamas breathe more effectively for survival. Ah. Mm. Oxygen needs to be transported around the body to be absorbed, which is done by the blood. The llama has more red blood cells per unit than any other mammal. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. And that means that the oxygen is transported quickly around the body. Yeah, that's neat. It would have to be. (laughs) (laughs) So the sciencey part, the substance that carries the oxygen in the blood cells is called hemoglobin. This substance reacts faster the more oxygen it has to carry. Therefore, the more oxygen that the lungs inhale, then the more oxygen that is absorbed into the red blood cells... And then the more hemoglobin reacts with the oxygen, and a cycle of transporting oxygen is made. Cool. Yeah. Um, An alpaca has oval-shaped red blood cells, and this makes it easier for the cells to be transported throughout the body if the animal's blood has been thickened due to dehydration, so that they're easier to move around. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is. That is really neat. That's an awesome fact. Yeah. Disclaimer time! The Varmint's podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence. But then, Donna and Paul only have the yardstick of themselves, so they're going to do it anyway. Llamas and alpacas are totally cool. <laughs> but how smarty pants do you think they are? Mm. On a scale of 1 to 10. Smarty pants, I would say that they're about maybe a seven and a half. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. That's just think... short of a raven? Yeah. Thinking about puzzle solving? They're pretty good. So what I learned this week, Mm -hmm. was that in 2011, an experiment at Nottingham University entitled, Can Llamas Learn to Use a Mirror as a Tool to Obtain Information? Hmm. So they did a test. They split some llamas into two groups, half of which were exposed to a mirror, and the other half were not. Right. So when they when they tested to see if they could find a bucket of food, the llamas that had seen the mirror and become accustomed to it, they were able to find the food by using the mirror. But the llamas that didn't weren't able to find the food. So the ones that did had learned geographically in the space where that bucket was by looking in the mirror. And, Ah. yeah, they were processing that information. But, on the other hand, a lot of those llamas did think there was a new llama in with them in the mirror initially. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> so that was fun. So yeah, so they they showed that we're able to understand and use the mirror and the conclusion of the study was they displayed an average level of intelligence. <laughs> but I think they're a little bit more intelligent than average. I think they are more intelligent than I thought they were. Mm. Uh, but that is, and that's definitely pretty good problem solving, but yeah. it's problem solving by prompting. It's yeah. a it's a situation that they, they didn't, you know, they didn't do themselves. Yes. They, were, they were taught to use the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's good. That's training, but it's not problem solving mm. at the level that yeah. some of these ravens and crows do, which yeah. is, and, and other species. So it's not tool use. I'm going to, I'm going to nudge them right at about six then. Okay. I feel like, I feel like six is a pretty good place for an intelligence like that. Okay. But they're super smarty for that kind of an they animal. Are. My yes. goodness. That's Who really knew? cool. Who knew? I didn't. <laughs> and now I do. Let's go to commercial, and then we'll talk about pop culture. You probably know Marie Antoinette never said, let them eat cake. But did you know that line was actually written about a Spanish princess 15 years before Marie was even born? This is your brain, and this is your brain on facts. From things you didn't know to things you thought you knew, to the things you never knew you never knew. Your Brain on Facts is available on all podcast platforms or at yourbrainonfacts.com. Hey there, everyone. Paul and Donna are a couple of nerds just like you. And they don't get to see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk about where we all see them most of the time. On movies, TV, comic books, toys, and video games. Let's talk a little pop culture. What you got? I have alpacas in pop culture. Nice. You might have encountered Cyrus and Reese in the video game Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, whatever the camping one is, on mobile phones. So Cyrus is a builder. He will build all of the things that you want to buy. And he is fiercely protective of his wife, Reese. Now, Reese runs the store retail, where you can buy and sell your goods in the game. And they are pink and blue. They're cute. They're fuzzy. Aww. Yeah. That's really fun. So you can buy things from them. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. It turns out there's just not a whole lot of llama and alpaca culture. <laughs> Pop culture, unfortunately. But probably the most famous one is this one that I'm going to play right here. Whoa. Uh. Where'd you come from, little guy? No touchy. No touchy. Uh, Demon llama! Demon llama? Where? (laughs) 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 Ow! My head. Okay, demon llama. Uh, Just take it easy. (laughs) I mean you no harm. Uh, What are you talking about? Oh, wait. I know you. You're that whiny peasant. (gasps) 
Emperor Cusco? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think you were talking to? Uh, how did... Um... You don't... Look like the Emperor. What do you mean, I don't look like the Emperor? Uh, uh, do this. He's what waving is this? his finger in front of his face. game you country folk like to... Yeah! It can't be! Ah, my face, good, my beautiful, beautiful face. Okay, okay, okay. Kinky well, llama, uh, llama face. What happened? Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to llama figure that face. out. <laughs> and that, of course, is the wonderfully egotistical Emperor Cusco from the Emperor's New Groove, which was a cartoon released in. 2000 by American wow. animated film producer Walt Disney Feature Animation. That is a long time ago. I know, it's so long ago. But it's great, and if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It is one of the funniest things I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. It was originally going to be a more traditional Disney musical entitled Kingdom of the Sun. Mm. To, be, to have been directed by Dindal and Roger Allers, who is the co-director of The Lion King. Oh, really? But unlike most Disney films, this has no musical numbers, and it is very comical and funny, and nothing dark or scary <laughs> happens. And as a result, many fans consider this the black sheep of the Disney animated <laughs> canon. I would say the black llama, but... Oh, the you know. demon llama. The demon llama of the <laughs> Disney cartoon stable. Okay, so here's the plot. Cusco, Emperor Cusco, played by David Spade, is a self-centered teenaged emperor of the Incan Empire and is brought up by his head advisor, Yzma. One day he summons Paca, who's John Goodman, who is the headman of a nearby village, to inform him that he is building his enormous summer home, Cusco-topia, on the side of Paca's house. And... Paca attempts to protest this and is dismissed. He is also, uh, the emperor also fires his ancient powerful advisor, Yzma, <laughs> who is played by Eartha Kitt wonderfully well. And is, she's attempting to run the kingdom while he is preoccupied. And so she gets really mad that he, he fired her. So along with her easily distracted assistant, Kronk, played by Kronk. Patrick Warburton, <laughs> They attempt to poison Cusco so that she can take full and permanent control of the empire. But alas, it does not work. <laughs> Instead of poisoning him, he turns into a llama and hijinks ensue. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I want to go and watch this again. I just watched it um, a couple months ago and it is still just as funny as it was the first time. It holds up really, really well and so much fun. The best, I mean, David Spade is as the demon llama, as Emperor Cusco <laughs> turned into a llama, is priceless. It's yes. absolutely hilarious. Definitely. But probably the funniest part of the film is Kronk. <laughs> he does his own adventure music in his own head while he's running around and stuff. And he sings to himself his own adventure background music and stuff. And Oh, it's just hilarious. And of course, you have your moral situation is resolved and Cusco learns a lesson and mm. da 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 we're about, we're how many years? 18 years late for spoilers. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but just go see it. Check it out. Demon Llama! <laughs> Llama face! Llama face! 
Go check it out. It's available on all fine internets everywhere. All right. Cool. Uh, so, hey, are you going to eat that? All right. So what do you think, Laura? Would you eat it? I would totally eat it. Yeah, I probably would too. They look yep. like they'd have good meat. Yeah, they do. Mm. So I found an article about alpaca meat, mm-hmm. and it's the byproduct of culling a herd because mm. they can't feed enough of them, okay. unfortunately. But it is a tasty byproduct, and each mature alpaca that's harvested equates to about 60 pounds of meat, and that's roughly the same amount you can get from a deer. It Sounds says. Good. It says that it's lean, tender, and almost sweet, nutritionally mm. superior to many of its red meat counterparts, lower in calories, fat, and cholesterol, high protein, and beginning to appeal to those seeking out alternatives to beef or pork. I like You can find it in food co-ops, farmers markets, places, I assume, in places where there are alpaca farms. The USDA does not consider the alpaca to be a meat animal, and the sale of most of their meat falls under the jurisdiction of the FDA and local state authorities. Mm. And that's good enough for a local co-op and a farmer's market, but it also means that if you're seeking a national meat market as a farmer, you are shut out and you need to have the USDA do their stamp and approve process Mm. on it. There is a recipe for alpaca stuffed peppers that I will put on the website in case you are a person that is near somewhere where you can buy alpaca meat and you can try it out. Sounds good. Yeah. So it's uh, ground alpaca, chopped spinach, wow. leeks, butter, crushed red chili, mashed garlic, and then you whip it all up, put it inside the peppers, and cook it. Sounds like it's pretty good. I mean, I bet it tastes awesome, but I might still be a little bit like, oh, alpacas. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, but cows are awfully cute, and That's we true. still eat them, so. Well, hello, Paula Donna. I've been meaning to ask you, is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Well, let's help you win that next trivia night, or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the Animal Fact of the Week. Back to you, amigos. Laura, what do you got for your additional fact about llamas and alpacas? Additional fact is about alpacas. So, alpacas are used as guard animals on farms. Oh. Which is interesting because they have a gentle and social demeanor. Uh, they are very alert and protective, and they have hearing and brilliant eyesight over one kilometer, which is quite impressive. So this combination makes the alpacas great companions for smaller livestock like sheep and poultry. Um, alpacas can deter single predators like dogs and foxes using a number of methods, including alarm and attack calls, running towards or chasing predators, or spitting and kicking with their front feet. Huh. Which sounds cool, like that ninja alpacas. Cool. I wonder if the predators were like, what, <laughs> what is, is it? <laughs> so one pair of alpaca guards can protect up to 250 sheep. 
Wow. That's pretty cool. They're in the livestock protection racket. They're like little fuzzy ninjas. They are little fuzzy bodyguards, <laughs> little sunglasses, and and like <laughs> like ear communication uh-huh. devices and stuff. Cute. So, yes, yeah. for sure. Hmm. Well, I'm going to talk about the noises that alpacas make. Yay. Noisy little oh. alpacas. So much fun. So alpacas have alarm calls, which is a sort of a donkey-like hee-haw, but higher pitched and less rusty sounding. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a combination. It sounds like a donkey who swallowed a squeaker from a squeaky toy. <laughs> totally does. The other thing they do is scream, and that's related to an alarm call, but it's not designed to alert the herd to a potential threat. It's just a noise made when they're terrified. And then they also do this super cute humming thing. Mm. So alpacas hum as a form of communication within the herd. And interestingly, moms and Kriya know their family hum. Mm. Yeah. The baby has a I want to nurse hum and where and the mom has a where's my baby hum and the baby has a where's our mom hum and lots and lots more. They also hum when they're feeling uncomfortable and anxious. But to us they all just sound like hmm. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. And it's really cute. But so cute. they they presumably know the difference between a where's my baby and and I don't feel good, I feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. type of hum. Llamas are amazing. Llamas and alpacas. Incredible. Yeah. Way, yeah. way cool. And so much more interesting than I ever thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Which is why we do this show. Woohoo. Yes. So did you you heard them make noises in person? Did they make all these noises? I did. Except for the terrified one, presumably. Yeah, no, they they made the little hum sounds to each other. Um, I went to a farm called Hemscott Hill Farm, and we hiked with the alpacas in their little herd, and they were really cute. Every now and again, the one at the front will turn round and just check everybody's still there, which was really cute, and. In one of the fields, there was a little sheep, and he couldn't be kept with the rest of the sheep, so he'd just become a pet lamb. And every time they go into that field, they'll all go over just to make sure that he's okay. Which I think is super cute. Oh, it is super cute. Like, they're really protective. Aww, that's so cute. So yeah, if you get the chance to go and walk alpacas or llamas, do it. It's such fun. I have never had a whole lot of interaction with alpacas or llamas. I think I've seen one randomly here and there at yeah. a petting zoo now and then, but I don't remember ever interacting with them at all. Yeah. They're so fun. They have like... little like personalities. They're cute. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds like something I definitely need to yeah, do. Do it. Our show is produced with technical support by Matthew Chomo, Bed Music by Kevin McLeod, Vocal Talent by Carrie McGinnis, Chris Brayton, Josh Hallmark, Chris the Toaf Green, Stacy, and Frosty. And special thanks to you, the Patreon supporter, for helping us keep the ship afloat. And thanks so much for coming on our show, Laura. Please tell the listeners about our podcast, our and your <laughs> podcast, and where they can find it. Well, thank you for having me on the show. You can hear me and Donna every week on the Soapy Madams podcast. We compare and contrast British and American soap operas, and you can find us wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Yay! Woo-hoo. Yeah, we're on Google Play and all, all the things. Everywhere. Yeah, just put it in the Google and you'll find us. All right, it's time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat eight years of age or younger who wants to be on our podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at varmanspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it super easy for your Rugrat to hear their voice on the podcast. So today's little Rugrat is Layla, who is a Varmint's super fan. Woohoo! Yeah. Hi, Varmints. I've been trying to find out some differences between llamas and alpacas. Llamas are much bigger than alpacas. They have a longer face and ears. Llamas are very strong and can carry heavy loads, but if you give them a too heavy load, they will lie down and refuse to move. Alpacas can't carry anything because they are made entirely of wool and they will break, but you can give them very cool haircuts. (laughs) Alpacas are cool have wool that is used for clothes but llamas have hair fun fact llama poo hardly smells and gets good llama beans mummy do you want to hear a joke uh yes please do you want to go on a picnic okay alpaca lunch get it <laughs> alpaca lunch very funny um is that it anything else would you have one as a pet alpaca an alpaca why would you have an alpaca because it's smaller and cuter that is true, but I think you can do more with llamas. I don't care. <laughs> okay. I think I'll get a llama because you can race it in a little carriage. But you can give alpacas cool haircuts, and I want to give mine a spike. <laughs> On okay. top of its head. All right. Well, we'll see. Bye, Varmint. Bye. <laughs> hey, thanks, Layla. That was incredible. As always, thank you very much. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for listening, and until next time... Be nice to animals. Do it! You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios.